It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your headspace, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm glad I remembered how to do that. I'm your host, Ryan Andrews from jaysfromthecouch.com, and it's been a while. A lot of things have happened since the last time we spoke, which was December 12th, so a while ago. Um, The podcast took a bit of a holiday break, went home, saw my family, celebrated my birthday, so I'm now really old. And I know anyone who I podcast with will hate me for saying that. I'm old at 30, but that is the rule of the internet nowadays. Um, and yeah, just uh, just needed that kind of shutdown to kind of refocus on things in life, both mentally and physically. But we're coming back. We're back strong. We're going to ramp back up into it. This is going to be the first of at least three shows that are going to kind of catch up on things we missed, things we think that I want to talk about. We're going to have episode number three of the Arrivals and Departures coming up. That'll likely be out either tomorrow or Wednesday. But since we are in a new year, since the calendar has shifted to 2019, before we start looking ahead, before we start dissecting how much of a boondoggle it will be if Eric Sogard sees playing time in Toronto, next season i want to take a big look back and kind of condense what 2018 for the toronto blue jays will be remembered for what were the big takeaways from that campaign and i do want to start with just a well essentially what is going to be the third most popular thing that 2018 is going to be remembered for and it might be higher for some people but for me it's not really there yet because 2018 was the start of the emergence of the rookies for the blue jays that was the third most important thing for toronto it was started in earnest when lourdes guriel jr was called up in may and immediately took over as your general shortstop second base once he was playing and healthy. And it continued for the spring when injuries forced Ryan Barucki to make his debut. And then it went full bore in August and September when we saw Sean Reed Foley come up, Thomas Pannone, Danny Jansen, Reese McGuire, all these guys who have been buzzy prospects for the Blue Jays, which granted before, before last year, there weren't a lot of those in the organization there weren't a lot of people who you could point and say yeah let's bring up this young guy he'll perform well no no it was 
It was more just, hey, let's call up Ian Parmley and give him a game, see what happens. That sort of thing. No, these were young guys who the Blue Jays legitimately thought would be part of their future. And they started giving them a bath. Even guys who had been almost forgotten, like Rowdy Telez, got their shot to come up. A, guy, a less heralded guy like Jonathan Davis was given a shot. The youth movement was in full swing for the Blue Jays last season. And it's about time it happened. Richard Urania is in there too, but mm, Dwight Smith Jr. Mm, they're they're not the one names that people are focused on. The the names that people are focused on are Lourdes Gurriel, who at 281 in his first season in the big leagues had 11 home runs. Looks like he can be a very productive bat when healthy. He hit those 11 home runs in 65 games. So you spread that out over full season, you're looking at 25 home run power from a potential shortstop, or more likely as as some people see Lourdes Gurriel, um, a ver- versatile utility guy like a Marwin Gonzalez who just plugs in wherever in the lineup, gives people a day off, and just moves forward like that. We saw Danny Jansen come up and display more bat than I think a lot of people thought he would have, even even just batting 247. He still looked comfortable at the plate. He looked comfortable handling a pitching staff. He He looks like he's going to be a solid building block. Rowdy Telez, who was a top prospect like two or three years ago, fell off the map the season before with a down campaign playing in the shadow of his mom's death. He came back with a vengeance and tore up baseball in September. Granted, September, everyone's playing out the string. Everyone's throwing out, you know, bargain basement pitchers at that time. But still, a 314 average, 22 hits, 13 of them for extra bases. Rowdy was very productive in reasserting himself into that conversation of, is he part of the Blue Jays' future? Which makes it a good problem for the Blue Jays to have, especially from from that standpoint, where where not a lot of people knew where that power, that left-handed power was going to come from. And everyone had high hopes for Rowdy that he would be that guy to kind of take that mantle. He could still very well be in the mix for that. So that's something that 2018 delivered. And and again, we didn't really talk about the pitching yet, so let's do that quickly. Ryan Barucki announced himself as a key part of the rotation moving forward in 2018, came up, delivered 17 starts, had the best ERA of any starter who made over 10 starts for the Blue Jays, with a 387 average, um, only gave up seven home runs in 97 innings, struck out 67, only 33 walks, which that that's going to be the big thing to make sure that he can continue building on his control. That's the biggest part of Barucki's game. If he can continue getting that soft contact, if he can continue keeping himself in that mental space where he can just go out and just groove through games. And then not as successful coming up, but still looking good. Sean Reed Foley showed the kind of strikeout stuff that makes him really tantalizing as a prospect. He struck out 42 batters in 33 in the third innings. And Thomas Pannone has shown flashes of brilliance coming up. It's going to make that Joe Smith deal look really good for Toronto. Pannone was 4-1 in 12 games. Six of them were starts. Shown a, a fair amount of versatility in a kind of swingman role that I think the Blue Jays are going to look at a little more heavily this season with Charlie Montoyo coming in from Tampa Bay. A guy like Pannone makes a lot of sense in that Ryan Yarbrough slot as a guy who just kind of comes in 
in the second or third innings and just starts mowing down people. Sim- similar to Sean Reed Foley. I think the Blue Jays aren't tipping their hand a lot on that, but I think the opener is going to play a lot in 2019. And the foundation of that was set up with the 2018 performances of their young pitchers. And in the future, when guys like TJ Zoy come up, uh, when Nate Pearson eventually makes his debut, which it's looking good eventually, maybe not next year, but the year after, there there will be plenty of guys there who've seen it all, who have been baptized by fire in the major leagues and can help this team continue to push forward. We'll talk about the number two storyline to come out of the Blue Jays season, and it concerns a pair of pitchers who were very much on the tongues of reporters during the offseason so far. We'll talk about them right after this break. All right, we are back. So we talked about some of the young players in the first segment of our podcast, discuss where they kind of fit in in the picture of 2018 for the Blue Jays. Two players who were thought to be the big picture, like a big part of the picture for the Blue Jays, were Marcus Stroman and Aaron Sanchez. And the second biggest thing to come out of 2018 was just the collapse of their value. If we think about when the Blue Jays were good, Stroman and Sanchez were such key parts of those runs. It's like, oh, we're going to be set. We're going to have one, two for years. It has not worked out that way. And, you know, for Sanchez, it's been very easy. He's just been injured way too much. Only got eight games in 2017. He got 20 in in 2018, but they were not of quality. And again, as I mentioned on the South of the Six podcast last month, which, hey, if you guys want to check that out, go for it. You can find that on iTunes and wherever you find fine podcasts. But yeah, he essentially tried to pitch with a breakfast sausage for a finger, and that ended up costing him about two months of his season. It It's something that has come up with him. Like, he, he's, he's not really thinking of the team when he makes a decision like that. Like I'm going to go pitch with a, with a delicious breakfast treat for a middle finger or, you know, the handle of a gardening trowel, just, just any thick circular object, a Pringles tube, put whatever picture you want in there. The fact is you don't go out there and pitch like that. Even if your family's in the stands, I think your family doesn't, worry enough about that to go out there and just jeopardize yourself like that and jeopardize he did again missed two months after that because of a suitcase because that's the kind of luck that the blue jays have had the past two years stroman his issues were even more baffling he he came into the season supposedly healthy almost like a dark horse side young candidate but everything he was throwing in 2018 was just so flat it was nowhere close to the workhorse that he had been in 2017 when he started 33 games when he delivered 200 innings for this club wasn't even close he could barely get through five most of the time in 19 starts he only finished 102 and a third innings gave up 115 hits his whip was ridiculous is up to 147 and you can blame that a bit on the defense behind him it it's not Troy Tulowitzki in his prime back there 
it's a Lourdes Goriel who is learning the position. It's not a MVP Josh Donaldson. It's a broken down Josh Donaldson. And then like a Ledmus Diaz playing out of position and Goriel sometimes shifting over. And it, it just was not any kind of good. It's Russell Martin playing shortstop, which <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that in a sec. So you can, you can blame a little bit of it on that, but it just, did not look like Strowman had any kind of command the way he had in previous seasons. It didn't look like he had control of what he was throwing out there. It didn't look like he knew where he wanted to pitch. He was just trying to get it there, and it just was not working the same way it did before. And he did not adjust once it became clear that he didn't have the same stuff he had the previous year. And like Sanchez, he went on the DL. Again, he only made 19 starts last year. But it it started to put questions in Blue Jays fans' mind. Can you keep either of these guys going forward and bank on them as as being starters? I know at Jays from the Couch, the question has been, do you move Aaron Sanchez back into the bullpen? Just the way he's had these health problems with his fingers, trying to go a full season and pitching again. And Marcus Stroman, the question for him was always going to be, is he the next Tom Gordon? Is he going to go back into the bullpen once it becomes clear he's not as effective as a starter? I don't think we're at that position yet. He has shown some great performances later in the season. Um, that, That game against Boston, where the Blue Jays eventually lost it, but Stroman delivered seven innings of one run ball. He had a couple of those performances and they were against good teams. It's not just Baltimore. He, he was beating up on. He did that to Atlanta. He did that to Tampa Bay. He did that to the angels, which, which is a good lineup. When he, when he came back after being on the DL with a shoulder issue, he gave five innings against them. So there are glimpses there of the old Stroman. He just, I, I hope he comes back in spring training and is able to show a, a more consistent approach and, and be able to deliver those pitches again that get that soft contact for him that are so key to his success. It's going to be a big factor on whether or not the Blue Jays are able to keep him or if the rumors are all true and they eventually look to deal both Sanchez and Stroman because it was thought they were going to be a key part of the future moving forward. But now it's so cloudy and you can't even trade them because you're getting like a nickel on the dollar if you trade them now. So. That's why the trade rumors right now are are ridiculous. They're not going to happen. So, yeah, that's the second biggest storyline to come out of the Blue Jays 2018 season. We will talk about the biggest one and the one that I think 2018 is going to be most remembered for after this break. All right, welcome back. So... I, I kind of alluded to this a little bit in the previous segment when we talked about Aaron Sanchez and Marcus Stroman, but I think the biggest thing that 2018 is going to be remembered for when it comes to the Blue Jays, if you remember it at all, because I'm not I'm not saying you want to want to be like I remember when Sam Gavilio went and threw 24 starts and was absolute garbage for the Blue Jays. That was that was a fine time. No, we don't. We don't. No, we don't want to remember that. We don't want to remember Sam Gavilio going out there and throwing absolute garbage because he's a Triple A starter. No. What 2018 will probably be remembered for most 
is the fact that it completely slammed the door of the playoff era for the Blue Jays. And and you can argue that, well, they didn't make the playoffs in 2017. Well, that shut the air. No, you, you still had the warm and fuzzies of the playoff era going into 2018. You still had a lot of the familiar faces from the playoff era going into 2018. You still had all those bats. Heck, you still had Jose Bautista technically having last played for the Blue Jays at the beginning of 2018 last year. But he left during free agency and turned back into a utility player. That's fine. But you, you started seeing more and more of the stars of that playoff run just essentially fall by the wayside. And you, you can see it the second it started when when they kind of were falling out of favor in the playoff race. Like, you, could, you can argue Edwin leaving the previous season was a real start of it, but, you know, you saw fan favorite Ryan Goins gone, which <laughs> I I do not put him up that high, but I know people who do, so whatever, I'll give the nod to them. But you saw Steve Pierce being moved, which he was part of that kind of feel good sort of thing. It it was a it was a small harbinger, but then as you got later on, Jay Happ was moved at the deadline, officially closing his book. Um Josh Donaldson barely played. He got moved. So there's your MVP gone, along with Bautista and Encarnacion. That's like the heart of the order. Now wiped out of Toronto. Um, you had Troy Tulowitzki, again, not playing the entire season. Just vanished from that, from that position and then unceremoniously released last year. So that ended his tenure. Marco Estrada is not going to be coming back if the signings that were made the past couple weeks are any indication and we will talk about those signings on on a future episode coming this week even but yeah with all the familiar faces gone that that really leaves only a few tangible blue jays that fans can hold on to from that playoff run and it actually will likely get smaller because russell martin's definitely on the block because they want more time for danny jansen and reese mcguire and luke maley so martin's probably going to get moved if they can find someone to eat some salary justin smoke has been bandied about just because he's on a very nice contract i'm i'm not as high on him being moved but but then even guys like kevin pilar who have been lifetime blue jays are being looked at by other teams. I know San Francisco has been bandy about for Pilar because they have no one in their outfield right now. And when you combine that with Stroman and Sanchez being named in trade rumors, as well as the trade of the garbage person in July, like it, it's an entirely different team. It's been completely remade from that 2016 playoff team and is going to continue to be remade. As I just said, there are more trades for that team to make. So I think 2018 is is the clear demarcation of the Blue Jays Bautista era playoff team sort sort of era and then the new Blue Jays and I like we're going to be in a shallows essentially like if the Blue Jays come even close to qualifying for the playoffs this season that will be remarkable but 2018 is the is the nadir. 
it's it's when you had to say goodbye to all the fan favorites. It's like it's like the Sundine era for the Maple Leafs when they finally traded Sundine and like yeah we don't have Gilmore or McCabe or Caberlet or any of those guys. They're they're officially turning the page, and it's one of the things that does make me excited for 2019 and that we get to see some of these new characters start to emerge. We get to see full seasons out of Jansen and Guriel and Barucki and Reed Foley and Pannone possibly get to see them develop and hopefully get to see even more guys again, 2019 supposedly the year of Vlad jr. And that will ease a lot of the pain of Josh Donaldson not being here. If Vlad jr. Comes out of the gate the way he did in double a last year and just tears up Buffalo and then comes up to Toronto and makes a relatively seamless transition and becomes that new MVP, that new face of the franchise, to take the reins from Bautista and Edwin and Josh Donaldson and just run with it. If he can do that, he will help people quickly forget what 2018 was. But it, it's important to remember, it it is the start of a new era. It officially marked the end of the old and the moving forward with this new era of Toronto Blue Jays baseball. And I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to discussing more Blue Jays things with you. Um, as I said, going to do my best to get back into the swing of things. Either tomorrow or Wednesday, we're going to have an all-arrivals edition of the Arrivals and Departures um, section of our podcast. We're going to focus on the new names brought in since we took our hiatus. So get those Clayton Richard and Matt Shoemaker hot takes in now. We will be discussing them on the podcast. Um, Also, later on in this week, we'll focus on the departure side of that. And we'll be focusing on, of course, Troy Tulowitzki. Probably putting him more in context of what he meant for the Blue Jays. What it means now that he's a Yankee. Which, ah, Um, And... Yeah, just, again, trying to get back into the swing of things, because I know it was a long time away from the mic for y'all, and we got some really good stuff coming up on the podcast in the future. Winterfest is this week. It's in Halifax, so it means I get to go to it, and we could potentially have our first Blue Jays appearances on the podcast. Yeah, I know. So, fingers crossed. If Get those Lukey Barrel questions in now. So... For everyone here at the Locked On Podcast Network, it's it's good to be back. We'll be back again real soon. I've been Ryan Andrews from Jays from the Couch. Thank you so much for listening. And see, this is how out of practice I am. I forgot to tell you, follow me on Twitter if you want to get involved with the show. If you want to send me those Lukey Barrel questions. If you want to send me your match, you make or takes. Follow me on Twitter at NeoAC18. That's neoac one eight. And I'm usually good for responding if you have something to send my way. So be sure to do that. So for everyone here at Locked On Podcast Network, I've been Ryan Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening to the first episode of 2019. And y'all take care. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad 
free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.